future, talk radio will actually educate, inspire, and make you think. The future is now. Topics and music that affect your life from Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at ubnradio.com. It's Blissin' Up. I'm your host, Rachel Lang, intuitive astrologer. Get starstruck with inspiring guests and engaging conversations. Blissen Up starts now. Hello and welcome to Blissen Up. I'm your host, Rachel Lang, and I'm in studio today with John Williams. Good afternoon. Hi, how are you, John? I'm good, how are you? I'm great. Good, good, really good. Really good, really good. Did you have a good Halloween? I had a good Halloween. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. Did you go down to uh, to to the, the festivities? No, no, no. But, I, you know, I, I look at the pictures online yeah. just to see the creativity that's uh-huh. out there. I love I loved that, but the, the crowds don't so much. <laughs> yeah, not so much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but I love the creativity of the Halloween season. So much it's fun. It's really cool, yeah. So much fun. Great. Well, mm-hmm. you know, since so, you know, on our show, I, I do plan everything astrologically. Mm-hmm. All of our topics, I kind of look and see what's happening astrologically, and 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 figure out what's up for us all. What are we? Where are we in our collective consciousness? And and what kinds of things are we thinking about? And so, when the sun's in Scorpio, a lot of us are thinking about matters of of life, death, um, life after death. Um, we're thinking about, you know, because we just had the Halloween uh, festivities and we had All Souls Day, All Saints Day, you know, the Day of the Dead, we're, we're thinking too, you know, what happens when our souls cross over and, and what is it really like on the other side? Mm-hmm. And so, so many of us, you might be, and you might be, pondering these questions and, and thinking about these and maybe even connecting with loved ones who've crossed over. Um, there's an idea that the veil between the two worlds is really thin during this 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 time when the sun's in Scorpio and 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 darkness and is sort of you know taking over and and we're you know we're we're you know um, days are getting shorter and so there's more dark than light and so we're we're reveling in these mysteries and we're really uh, exploring some of these these questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so today's show is going to be uh, touching on some of these subject matters. Um, you know, uh, we have a, a very special guest, Linda Gabriel, who considers herself a thought whisperer. She is an author and holistic coach, and she helps her clients connect with their highest truth. Linda's specialty is in the craft of hypnotherapy, and she does uh, many other things, but this is one of her, one of her special areas of specialty. And, and what she does is she actually helps clients um, explore the life between lives. And, and through her work, she has helped clients recover subconscious memories, gain insights about the soul's purpose, and access understanding about the soul's history. And so she's going to be with us today to talk about um, to talk about uh, life after life and life before life and uh, and, <laughs> and everything all the, in between. All the, yes, and everything <laughs> in between. Yeah. So um, she's going to be with us today. Great. Um, and and in our episode, so you know, we we will be touching on 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 these topics, but we'll also be talking about soul contracts mm-hmm. and the council of elders and our primary soul group. And if you have any questions about what those things are, then you're going to want to stay tuned and hear what she has to share. She's probably going to share some stories too that'll that'll make you uh, make you uh, gain some awareness and insight and maybe even um, help shift and shape your beliefs a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's the second half of our show. But first, we get starstruck. We see it starstruck. <laughs> <laughs> starstruck is that segment of our show where we talk about astrologically what's happening this week, so that you can make the most of each day. And for many of you, you you know, we were just we're just coming off of a of a very intense week. Halloween high. Halloween high. <laughs> yeah, lots and lots of activity happening. Yeah. And this week is uh, is pretty profound as well. Um, so you know, we start out this weekend with some lunar influences that really help connect us to one another and help us feel that connection. And we're also going to feel a little bit inspired about our futures. So you know, there's there's a, there's a tremendous amount of positive energy. 
you know, sort of optimism, excitement for the future. And so this is this is an incredibly spiritual weekend. You know, when we have that heightened sense and that elevated sense of, of what's possible, then there then our souls get to expand. And when our souls expand, we're able to bring in more information and more guidance uh, about how to live into this expansive sense and this optimistic sense and this positive energy that we're experiencing. So on Sunday... Venus is going to be moving into Libra. Yay! Venus loves Libra. (laughs) Venus is the planet of love, relationships, money, balance, harmony. And it's right at home in its own sign. Venus rules the sign of Libra. And so for our air signs, Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius, this is a time of positive connections with other people. Maybe even some romantic connections. It could be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so it, it's time to open your minds and open your hearts to the possibility of love in your life. More love, more abundance, um, and, and an expanded sense of love. And so with Venus and Libra, our, our focus often shifts for all of us, not just air signs. Our focus often shifts from ourself to others. And so we might find that we're learning lessons about how to value ourselves in relationships um, and, and perhaps even through the exploration of our boundaries. What are we willing to put up with? You know, if it, and this, this goes for finances, too. What is your true sense of self-worth? Um, because because if you're feeling if you're feeling uh, if you're feeling like compromised in any way, uh, you know that, that that sense of injustice presents itself very strongly with Venus in, in Libra, and and so there's going to be a pull for you to to really insist on on um, on on speaking up for yourself. Really insist on on standing up for what you need, putting you first, and and this is not easy with Venus and Libra. But ultimately, what happens is we 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 get to that place through relating, finding ways, creative ways to relate to others, so that we exercise diplomacy and tact, and gentleness and grace, and through that we experience a sort of power that lures people or, you know, magnetizes people, animates the, the energy of, 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 uh, of, of attraction and, and, and helps others um, to see us for who we are. But that starts with us inside. So, um, so, you know, for all of us, the Venus and Libra is also a way to manage conflictual situations in our lives through relating. So we're going to, to be able to move closer to the people that trigger us and, and ask ourselves, why, why are you in my life? Why are you triggering, triggering me so strongly? And then one of the, the benefits of Libra is we step into someone else's shoes and see both sides of the perspective, both sides of the situation. And so this is going to be a great uh, chance for those of you who are in conflict situations to be able to, to, to gain some resolution, and especially as at the end of this week when um, Mars moves into Libra as well. So we're going to have both of our relationship planets in the sign of Libra. So lots of passion for you air signs and some of you fire signs too. Um, then uh, on Monday and Tuesday, our water signs lead the charge uh, in helping us access healing and and uh, healing through the lifting up, the raising up, the illuminating of suppressed emotions. And so this is a, a tremendous influence for all of us, um, for meditation, for healing, for seeking guidance, seeking therapy. Um, you might want to actually make an appointment with Linda and, um, and receive some hypnotherapy um, so that you can get some information about what kinds of lessons your soul still needs to learn and why the emotional triggers are there. Um, cardinal signs, Aries, Libra, Capricorn, and Cancer. This one is going to push you a little bit beyond your comfort zones. Uh, this is a time to be courageous. It's a time to be honest, speak up, tell your truth. On Wednesday, we have a powerful, this is the high, like kind of the highlight of our week, we have a powerful new moon at 19 degrees Scorpio early in the morning. And the Sabian symbol... For, to give you a, a visual of, of what you can experience or, or what to hold as your intention as, as we, we walk into this new moon. New moons are always a time of intention setting, always a time of planting seeds. The Sabian symbol is a woman draws away two dark curtains, closing the entrance to a sacred pathway. And so just hold that for just a moment and, and realize once you gain awareness 
about your purpose, your spiritual path, your truth, anything out of alignment with that path, with that truth, feels so uncomfortable that it can actually create some spiritual suffering. And so this new moon offers you the gift of awareness and illumination of that purpose, of that path, is the first step toward the unfoldment of it. And you are being urged to walk into a new beginning. And so courage follows that. And each action taken toward that new path, toward that thought or dream, pulls you in the direction of that new horizon. So it's, it's a very powerful new moon, and I really encourage you to, to, take, to, to really celebrate the day, take some time in meditation, especially, especially for our fixed signs who might have a little bit more of a challenge than, uh, than other signs. So that's our Taurus, our Leo, our Scorpio, and our Aquarius. You have a little bit more challenge initiating new beginnings or letting go of the past. And so for you especially, this is a very sacred moment. Um, uh, you know, the, 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 um, our, our mutable signs, <laughs> one of your challenges, you, you, you're like change. Okay. I'm there. <laughs> sure. Yes, please. Anything, but, 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 you know, don't make me stagnant. Um, and, and so for you, this is a very creative moment. You know, this is a time of like, you know, what of imagination, creativity, opening up and expanding your, your sense of what's possible for your path and what sense, what's possible for your future. And for our cardinal signs, uh, Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn, this is uh, a time of, of, very, of a lot of hope, a lot of optimism, a lot of passion as you move about. Because you're going to be gaining some, some insights and some awarenesses about, um, about uh, you know, uh, 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 that kind of foster a sense of confirmation about where you're going. So this is, this is really big. And then it's followed by Thursday, uh, you know, Thursday's influences seal that awakening that you receive and help you move into it. Um, and, uh, and, and, and also what happens on Thursday is that Mars, the, the planet of the feisty planet of, of passion and, and adventure and energy moves into Libra, which, you know, Mars isn't too happy in Libra, but, but it gives us all the opportunity kind of reinforces Venus's influence, gives us all the opportunity to really exercise diplomacy, to really help, um, manage the relationships in our lives, to help balance what, what, you know, what are my needs being met as well as yours? Or am I taking care of myself and you? Uh, are, are we both coming to the table as equal partners? And so that sets into motion a cycle where we're going to be kind of awakening those themes. So that is our Starstruck segment. segment. Oh, I can't even talk. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we will take a really short break. And when we get back, we will be talking with Linda Gabriel. So stay tuned. the ocean for a heart 
Welcome back. You are listening to Blissen Up, and I'm Rachel Lang here in studio today with a very special guest. Linda Gabriel is a holistic coach and hypnotherapist and thought whisperer who assists her clients by bringing many skills to the table, including intuitive energy work, psych K, kinesiology, EFT, craniosacral therapy, and hypnotherapy. In addition to teaching workshops, Linda also offers private sessions. Um, and you'll want to check out her, her website, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, she specializes in, uh, in life between lives. And that's one of the things that she offers, one of the services she offers for her hypnotherapy clients. And so we're going to talk with her today about that. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So can you explain a little bit about, <laughs> after the applause, <laughs> yes, take a bow. <laughs> um, so tell us a little bit about what, what, is, what is Life Between Lives? Life Between Lives is a, a kind of hypnotherapy session where, similar to a past life, which I think most people are familiar with, we go through an abbreviated past life and then spend the bulk of the session in what happens after the person dies in their past mm. life. So the material that we uncover is more like what people report from near-death experiences. Oh, so wow. it's a very interesting area to explore. And if people are interested to learn more about this work, um, my mentor, Michael Newton, wrote two books. One's called Journey of Souls, and the other is Destiny of Souls, and there are some really interesting case studies there. Mm. What what were uh, what were some of the the thing uh, things that you learned about the soul's transition through doing some of this work? Well, it's a really rich territory to explore. Um, I read Michael Newton's book Journey of Souls. I think it was in uh, 1999, and I really felt called to do that work. Mm. He didn't actually offer training until 2001. And I had actually begun doing it anyway because I was just really attracted to it. The kind of things that people discover are who's in your primary soul group, um, who your soul guide is. This is a kind of master guide that overlooks uh, the soul's progress through many uh, embodiments. Mm -hmm. You learn about certain skills and the kind of work that you do in between lives because we're busy. We're not just sitting around playing harps on clouds. <laughs> Too bad. Yeah. I was really I looking forward to that. <laughs> and also people have an o- option to kind of have an overview of where they've been, where they're going, get mm. some information about their current life situation mm. and what their sole purpose is. That's a big reason why yeah. people come. Yeah. yeah. So I want to break that. You've mentioned a few terms, and some of our listeners not, might, might not be okay. familiar with it. Yeah. So what is a primary soul group? A primary soul group is a group of souls that you reincarnate with over and over again, and you're all kind of working on similar lessons, often have similar qualities. Hmm. Um, souls have characters, characteristics. There might be a very youthful, fun quality or a serious, more scholarly quality in your yeah. group. And um, that's kind of reflected, or there's a kind of bond with the group. And I like to think of it as um, a kind of repertory theater, like we all come back and play roles in each other's lives, Some, sometimes a starring role, sometimes just a background player. But we kind of, at, at the very least, when you pass over, your group is there waiting to get the story like mm. we, you know how, what, what, how was it like <laughs> we want to find out how you're doing yeah, um, how, what was your adventure yeah mm. and and what is the you mentioned the the primary spirit or the soul spirit guide mm-hmm. is that and and and, and 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 do you believe that we have other guides like, oh yeah oh, okay I believe we have a whole team yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. a council most people who are working with guides and guardian angels who are aware of that or who have a belief in that um they relate to a guide. Uh, I find that an, an awful lot of time when people, ha- there's kind of maybe a, a guide that's in charge of this life mm-hmm. who's helping us uh, um, through our progress. And then there are 
specific guides that might help you with a particular creative project or with relationship issues or I ask angels and guides to help me with my travel arrangements you know oh, so that's good. you can that's actually good. get quite specific but the guide we talk to in a life between lives session is generally a kind of senior guide who's very aware of what your soul is working on and isn't necessarily in touch with you on a day-to-day basis mm. however without exception they offer to be in connection with you after people have a life between life session, mm. yeah. and it and in your sessions, have you found that um, that when a soul transitions out of a body, that that master or that that primary guide is is that like the first person that they encounter? Well, or? Not necessarily. Okay, it, it varies. <coughs> sorry, um, I'm so sorry. That's okay. Um, <laughs> no, no apologies. tickling my nose. Uh, maybe. Maybe uh, it's your maybe it's your guide. Yeah, <laughs> trying to talk to me. Uh, uh, that actually can be a signal when, yeah. you, when your nose is itching. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. Mine's been itching a, a lot lately. I'm afraid to check it. Maybe. <laughs> like, oh, you know, maybe you're getting some kind of special powers, like Samantha on yeah. Bewitched. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> your mad. Your magic is unfolding. It's opening yeah. up. <laughs> okay, so getting back to what mm-hmm. happens uh, yeah. when we first cross over, I have to tell you that there are some things that I've I've done maybe a couple thousand of these sessions mm-hmm. now. Some of those are past lives. It isn't all life between lives, but um, it's. And, but I always take people through the death in a past life if possible. Mm-hmm. So that's a very interesting thing for people to experience, and to f- experience um, what it's like for their consciousness to continue. Mm. And almost everyone feels better after they leave the body. It's a yeah. sense of freedom and peace. Um, so one of the things that can happen is they may not see that blinding light that people talk about, and that mm-hmm. isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's There's a, a, a kind of period when people are leaving um, what we might call the astral planes of Earth, mm-hmm. where it's kind of like going into space, and it can get dark first before yeah. you, you reach that, that area of light. Um, there is a, a lot of people who work with me. Um, you know, I, I have a feeling, I'm not going to say this is a blanket statement, but a lot of people who are attracted to this work are on a spiritual path. There isn't, it isn't necessarily their first time mm-hmm. in, in, uh, on earth. And so when you've gone through several cycles of incarnation, you kind of know where you're going. And so you may not even be met by anyone. You kind of just take yourself where you Mm -hmm. need to go. (gasps) Sometimes there's an escort guide. It's not the person's actual guide, but they're there to take you to talk to your soul group. Sometimes people are met with a whole party, uh, like it's a big reception. (laughs) Yeah. So it varies from person to person. Wow. Yeah. Have you ever had a near death experience or, you know, I have, but nothing that where I could bring back, uh, information. No. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, but you, have you been able to experience your own, like your own hypno, your own life between lives? I did. It was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things I learned, and this was is interesting for people who have read Michael Newton's books, and they, they are bestsellers in that genre. They're mm-hmm. um, uh, very fascinating books. But in Michael Newton's case, histories, people talked about their guides with very, very um, kind of uh, human features, mm. and even describing, you know, an amulet or their robes, yeah. and and I personal experience and many of my clients have too that their guides are more energy and light Mm -hmm. not necessarily with features Mm -hmm. um and that was i'm glad that i had my session early on because that happened with me and i realized i mean i had no trouble communicating with my guide but pretty much uh, it was more of a just a suggestion of a shape Mm -hmm. and some colors Mm -hmm. and yet this personality came through he was funny he was playing jokes on me (laughs) what kind of jokes There is a an element in Michael Newton's books that a lot of people are interested in, which is what's the level of my soul? What level of soul development have I reached? And that's kind of um, loosely based on colors that you might see around a soul in the in the um, spirit world. Uh, about three or four years, well, maybe longer than that. Maybe it's more like ten years now. 
we started getting messages from the guides, like, quit asking about that. That's just a human preoccupation. Yeah. However, I, this was before that, and so my, the person who was running, this was during a training, so the, you know, she was going through all of the list of things to ask, and she asked, you know, what's the level of your soul guide? And he kind of popped a crown on his head and like went dun da da da, you know, like <laughs> I'm real. And then he kind of put one on my, and he was just making fun of that whole question. I love know? it. Yeah, that so is so it, funny. <laughs> Do you find that um, like uh, that that guides and and individuals have similar personality types or I mean are they do they draw each other through the law of attraction hmm, that's that's interesting I would say that sometimes they're mm-hmm. uh, maybe the majority of the time they have a similar quality mm-hmm. but sometimes they're really different mm-hmm. so it, it, it may be that a soul that's a little too serious might attract a guide that's not so serious mm-hmm. um, even the serious guides um, I just want to say this, that, you know, there's the way that, you know, you have a real guide on the line mm-hmm. instead of sometimes there are these interlopers that come in and yeah. you, you mistake them for a guide is there's always a sense of re- unconditional love mm-hmm. radiating from them. Mm-hmm. And most of the judgment that we have in after in the afterlife and certainly in our current lives is self judgment. Mm-hmm. So, but that doesn't mean that your guide might be giving you the feeling that you could do better and that they expect a lot from you. Mm. Although even some of that is is self-imposed. Our guides kind of get that this is a, uh, um, it's difficult. Mm -hmm. We're kind of heroic when we come into the physical Mm -hmm. body. And some people take on too much. Mm. They're... uh, They want to learn a lot in one lifetime. And sometimes the guide has said... Uh, maybe you should p- spread this over three or four lifetimes. Are you sure? And then they kind of jump ahead. You know, we don't always yeah. listen to our guides. And, and so it can be that on this side of, of the veil mm-hmm. that people are feeling like, well, why is my life so hard? It, is this karma that I've done something terrible in a past life? And then we go into a life between life session and find out, well, you know what? That's not the case. You signed up for all this, <laughs> this heavy schedules, like wow. taking too many classes in college. Oh. <laughs> and now you're stressed out. I told you maybe you should not do so much in one <laughs> lifetime. So, yeah, it's hard. I've never run across a case where a person was being punished mm-hmm. karmically. Mm. And that's um, actually good news and mm-hmm. a little bit of a surprise. So I can just say that kind of from my clinical experience, that's not necessarily what karma is about. Mm-hmm. For example, if you killed someone in a past life, you might come back and be their parent and give life to them and be responsible for taking care of them and keeping them alive. That's another way to balance mm-hmm. karma. Mm-hmm. It's not the eye for an eye kind of mm. thing. So, and also sometimes we just are interested in exploring every side of an issue mm-hmm. as a soul. So in one life, we might agree, I'm going to, you know, explore being the person who's a victim. And in the next life, maybe be the person who is the victimizer to understand that kind of human dilemma from many sides. Mm. And um, it's so, I, I would say for me, one of the things that's happened as a result of this work is I'm, I'm much less judgmental, mm-hmm. much less. However, I still have my reactions sure, to things sure. because that's part of what my role is now. But yeah. I, I don't lie awake at night in the same way thinking, why are these, these things happening? Mm-hmm. Uh, why do bad things happen to good people? That kind of uh, question has kind of settled down. I realize how much we're choosing and I mean, in a way, we don't remember. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's real free will and free choice happens before we come into our uh, into our physical form. Right. And you know, I I totally agree with that. And yeah. as an astrologer, you know, the the chart, I I I know how the chart can 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 give symbols, offer symbols to suggest these are things that might have been up for you in a past life, or these are things mm. that you're here to work on. Here's your, here's a destiny. Here's a, you know, oh, this is why you chose these parents, and and here's what your mom was thinking about. Um, so do you do a lot of work with, or have you done a lot of work with helping people f- kind of go into that that moment before incarnation? Yeah. We, um, a part of a Life Between Life session focuses on, in, we, it's a, in utero, mm. before you were born, a few days before you were born. It's not a, a rebirthing or anything like that. But it's a real potent time because we can talk to the soul and feel and find out what the soul is aware of right before you're coming into the, and it's, we're not talking to a little baby, sure. we're talking to the mature soul. 
and there is often a lot of information there. There's also another way that um, there's a, a kind of place of life selection that's described in Michael Newton's books that can be very specific or just in a general way that you're having a conversation with your guide or with a council of elders about what kind of life you want to choose as you're coming back. Mm. So there seems to be quite a bit of attention to that about what, who I'll be and who I will who will my parents be? Sometimes it's really important who your parents are. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a way to get on the planet. Mm. So I tell people, you know, um, we can check that out. And sometimes our soul family is the one we're really going to be spending time with. And mm -hmm. our, our blood family may not be the prime reason we came here. And a lot of times it's both. You uh, know, so. so if you're a parent or you're, you know, an, an individual wanting to bring a child into this world, mm -hmm. um, Ha is there a, like a relationship process that you can start forming or uh, or do you do any work with that at all or you know um, I can speak to that generally sure uh, first of all it's usually a contract mm -hmm. you've decided and you've chosen now contracts on a spiritual level are not written in stone so you may have a contract to bring through um, a, a, a child or two or three and maybe change your mind. And you know, you're not really limiting that soul in any way it, because they'll find another venue yeah. if they need to come in. Or you may have done it, want to, may do something like, um, you know, that, that child might come through, through other parents and you end up adopting mm -hmm. rather than being the birth parents. Mm -hmm. You know, all of these things, it's really interesting. There's a, a fascinating story that was, there was just, used to be a show called It's a Miracle. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't watch that show, but every once in a while, Oprah would do a, a, show, a segment on that. Yeah. And there was a young woman who had been, well, she wasn't that young. She was maybe in her 40s. That's young to me. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, when she was a little girl, she went to school, and you know how it is. You may not have even heard of the word adoption, mm -hmm. and so kids were talking about so-and-so was adopted, and she came home to her family and said, you know, am I adopted? And they looked at her and said, why would you ask us that? Of course not, you know, and so she never thought of it again. And then when she was older, her, um, her father died, and she was helping her mother go through some papers after his death and to get all of his affairs in order, and she came across her own adoption record. And said, wow. wait, you told me I wasn't adopted. And she said, well, we didn't want you to feel like you, we didn't want you and oh. that we wanted you to know that you were, you know, that was a choice we made at the time. Mm -hmm. And so now she's grown up and it's, she said, well, I'm kind of curious about my, my birth mother. Would it be okay with you if I tracked that down? And with her mother's uh, blessings, she did. So it turns out that she was born in a city. The family moved quite soon after that away to another city. When she was a little girl, next door neighbor was an older woman who um, she would go and see after school and the lady would read books to her and then uh, her, the lady's daughter would come and go. It turned out that was her grandmother. That she had, her parents had unconsciously moved next door because what we find in, the, in, in Life Between Lives where grandparents and grandchildren are often the same soul group. And that grandmother was not going to be denied. Now, she didn't consciously know that was her granddaughter. Yeah. Yeah. And, the grand, and the whole family, they just thought that was a nice surrogate grandma next door. And yet, that was her. Wow. This is how, on a soul <gasps> level, this is what can happen. Wow. So these contracts are flexible. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the soul will find a way. And people are worried, like, how will I find my soulmate? It's not that, it's, it's actually hard not to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Which, so that kind of brings up the question of, mm -hmm. how, much of how, much, how much does free will play into this as well? Like, yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting question because I also am quite aware of neuroscience and there's a lot of information mm -hmm. showing us that what we think consciously mm -hmm. is our free will may not be, uh, it, you know, that computers can predict whether you're going to, you know, raise your right hand or your left hand before you consciously make that decision. It's a process happening. All of that seems strange to people who think that consciousness resides only in the brain. Mm -hmm. If you realize your consciousness is much bigger than that and that on that level, we have free will mm -hmm. in terms of even coming into a physical body or physical lifetime. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like this. I f this, is, this is just my armchair analysis. I feel that when a soul comes into a life, there may be certain things that are going to be big, 
events mm-hmm. in your life that are kind of agreed to ahead of time, and they may have a whole timing of, uh, around them. And with astrology, you can get a little bit yeah. of a, a, a line on that. I believe we even choose our, oh, our horoscopes. Absolutely. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, which is interesting because like our C-section is working with the soul or against the yeah. soul. I don't know. You Actually, know? this is a really good question. Yeah. But I was talking to, I think my friend uh, Rick Levine, who's another astrologer, mm-hmm. What he he uh, he's the one who said that the the baby the infant actually triggers they do the hormone that's the, right the, the that's actually true pit- pitocin is that what it's called yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah that that a child that a child a soul want, knows this is my moment this right. is my time I think with with C sections I mean you know astrologically I think that that perhaps. That's. I mean, I think that's also a contract. Yep. I think that's also a soul saying, "No, I, I need to be. I need to be here, and it's so important that I'm going to plan it out this way." Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's it's very interesting mm-hmm. uh, that whole thing around birth and and uh, choices that happen there. Um, so I was going. I was going to say that the the metaphor I like to use is that if you're going to build a house on a piece of property, there may be you know a big boulder over here and a river running through over there, and with a lot of work you can move those things and change mm-hmm. those things. But actually, it's a little bit wiser to take into consideration the landscape, and then you've got a lot of freedom to design your house, which way it'll face and what color you'll paint it. So there's freedom to be creative. Mm-hmm. We're not locked into a script that's that tightly uh, controlled, mm-hmm. but there are some things that, from our ego perspective, may feel out of control or things we wouldn't wish. Um, from our soul's perspective, a lot of those things w- are are very interesting and um, attractive. But, you know, on this side, we go, no, no, I don't want that to happen. You know, remember Christopher Reeve, The he yes. played Superman, he ended mm-hmm. up being paralyzed. At first, there were a lot of people saying, oh, this is part of his sole purpose. And he was really angry about that for about five years. And then he came forth and said, I finally realized this actually is mm. something that uh, that is a sole purpose that I may have agreed to. Because he became a big advocate and um, really made a lot of changes mm. in the world w- through, he had actually more of a platform uh, than he did as a movie star, mm-hmm. and it all worked together. Right. So that's the kind of thing that I think people are afraid of, you know, when they feel like uh, surrendering their will to divine will. Uh, but if you think about it, that you're actually surrendering to your own will, and some of those things are actually surrendering to wonderful things right. that we resist. Right. I've had a number of people who are really serious spiritual people who when they have a life between life session, their guide informs them that what they really need to do is is to experience more joy. And it's like, I've got to put that on my list of things to do. (laughs) (laughs) I want something really important. And one guide said... There, you have no idea how important joy is. It's like the yeast in the universe. It mm-hmm. keeps everything alive and thriving and vital. And so joy is not um, a, a, a throwaway kind of sole purpose. It's a really important one. Mm-hmm. And that's important for us to remember when we get a little too serious. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I know it's it's so important. Um, uh, so you, you mentioned a term I'm going to come back to. Okay. Council of Elders. Yes. Um, I'm sure... Many of you listening have are familiar with this term or have heard it, but I want to hear what what your what your version is or what what it can, if you could explain it a little bit. Okay, and it's also uh, very interesting. Very interesting um, chapters in Michael Newton's books about this. It's a group of guides who are not your day to day guides, but who kind of uh, take into consideration a kind of life review or questions about what would be better for you in your next lifetime and they and they give you some advisement or can like give their stamp of approval they're not going to forbid you or make you do anything uh, people often feel nervous about going before the council of elders once again it's unconditional love but the mm-hmm. thing about the council of elders is that they can they know everything about you so if you feel uncomfortable standing in front of like so transparently that you know you can't hide anything. Yeah. That's kind of true for your guide too, but they are, they're not quite as pointed about it. So mm-hmm. the elders know and mm-hmm. they usually are very short meetings and they kind of come in and make an uh, um, um, a statement or and this is especially true if people have maybe not made the best choices. Mm-hmm. They'll almost always go and have a council of elders um, 
uh, review if they've had a past life where they were doing some things that weren't really good for their soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, um, or if they're going to take on a, a, um, a bigger assignment. I remember in my own Life Between Lives session, there was a council of elders, and they called in um, a, a certain being. I'm not going to say who it was, but uh, there was some collaboration among them. They, I didn't actually hear the conversation, and the question was whether or not I would be able to handle whatever they were talking about. And this guy gave the nod, and they said, okay, she can do it. <laughs> I still don't know consciously. It wasn't, yeah. and, and this happens in Life Between Lives. There are things that, if I mean, I probably knew then, but in my life today, it, it would uh, preoccupy my consciousness too much to know specifically mm-hmm. what it was they were talking about. Uh, so, But it felt like a pretty big assignment, yeah. and not for me, but more for the collective. Mm-hmm. You know, not uh, it wasn't about my personal life. It was I, I did get that feeling. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I got an okay. It doesn't mean you have to do it. It just means she's qualified. Okay, <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, so that's the kind of thing that happens in, in those groups. Hmm. Yeah. So when when you started doing this work, mm-hmm. did you come with, and and, and you've, you've had a number of really incredible teachers and you've mm-hmm. worked with some amazing people, um, uh, including Michael Newton, uh, but did you come with a belief in in uh, like, did you already believe in reincarnation and life mm-hmm. between lives and those things? This is a kind of family joke because my mother is also a hypnotherapist. Oh, wow. and Yeah, oh, wow. and and many years ago, I used to live in Hawaii. I lived there for twenty years, and she was coming to visit and wanted to do a seminar to help people stop smoking um, while she was there. A small community, maybe twenty thousand people, and a little a little uh, newspaper for that and. And and our family was known because my ex-husband is a surgeon and a lot of people, it's a small town. Mm-hmm. So she said, I think I want to do past life. And I was horrified. I thought, oh my God, people will think that we're crazy. Well, a lot of people went and loved it. I mean, I mm-hmm. was the odd one out in that, you know, but we've laughed about it a lot because I ended up being a past life and life between lives hypnotherapist. After that, I went through a major spiritual awakening on many levels and began became much more aware of who I really am as a soul. So the idea of reincarnation wasn't, a, um, it just seems like the most natural thing in the world from my perspective now. Mm-hmm. It's not a question really. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, uh, it, I think if people could get a feeling for who they really are on a soul level, they, nothing would intimidate you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you really, we're really not wimps on, uh, on a soul level. Exactly. There's so much uh, po- potential there. Yeah. And if you bring quantum physics into it, you realize that time and space are actually illusions. And in many ways, we're simultaneously having all of our mm-hmm. lives. We're really amazing mm-hmm. on, the, on the soul level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I can't, I'm not going to pretend I understand it, but I've experienced um, a quality, that quality. And so a lot of these questions are like, I don't even worry about them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think that 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 word experience is so important Mm -hmm. because, I mean, I know I've had a near death experience and I do. I mean, I'm I'm always jumping dimensions in my work. Right. um, And. And a lot of times you you're con- you can't consciously or the ego can kind of cut off you know like you know the, the, or cause some uncertainty or raise some doubts mm-hmm. and and when you go back to this this is happening to me this I can't understand it consciously but there's like a real sense of there's something true you yeah. know do you experience that with your clients like when they have a session yeah. Um you know, I think that I th- what I really like is someone who actually doesn't have much of a belief system in place. Yeah. And when I first started this work, I thought, wow, you know, if they've read the books, how will we tell whether or not they aren't projecting mm-hmm. and kind of uh, creating something or, you know, in their imagination? And what was interesting is when I first started, as I mentioned, my mother is a hypnotherapist. I was kind of traveling around the country at that time. And I would come to L.A. and work for maybe 10 days in a row and do the, work with people. And she would just tell her clients, oh, my daughter's doing this interesting work. Come in and have a session with her because I was learning and getting my experience, right? And I would say 90% of them hadn't ever heard of Michael Newton or read the books. And yet they had textbook cases, mm. which was really interesting. So uh, they hadn't been pre-programmed. Mm-hmm. 
I also find that an awful lot of the material that we find in, in Life Between Lives is very congruent with what the Monroe Institute, where they do out-of-body mm-hmm. uh, experiences. And I, I found some really interesting books that were written, like one was, was written at the turn of the 20th century called Letters from the Light, where a woman um, who wasn't a medium before or after, but an acquaintance of hers had died and started coming through, and she did automatic writing for about a year and published those letters. Now, that what this man's soul reports from his afterlife experience is also very congruent. Only, mm-hmm. And I think that's a really interesting um, uh, piece of evidence because we didn't have television, radio, people weren't talking about such things. Right. In other words, what she was reporting was really fresh and uncontaminated by any preconceived ideas Mm -hmm. and yet you find it lines up with what people are are reporting from their near-death experiences or life between lives Mm -hmm. experiences Mm -hmm. so there's something there right and people who've done uh, who've gone through um uh uh, near-death experiences often come back with enhanced intuition i don't know if that was the case definitely yeah um and have um it's not just what they experienced in, in their near-death experience, but after their near-death, mm-hmm. they're much more aware of more dimensions, mm-hmm. of precognition, mm-hmm. and um, they also usually have a really, let's just, say, let's just say that you put things into perspective. Yeah. Right? Well, sure, because I think the first thing that happens when you cross over is you feel love. Yeah. Love like you've never felt mm-hmm. on this on this earth it's like the peace and the love just surpass any it's, understanding. It's a real, some people experience that in their life between live session. And it's a real bonus. Really? And that happened to me and, and it's like, I don't even want to interrupt that, you know, I let them just bathe in it mm-hmm. because um, first of all, uh, it kind of gives you, you know, it's like in your cells, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know that you're loved. Mm-hmm. And I know the first time that happened to me, it was while I was training in hypnotherapy. It wasn't even a life between lives session. Um, it was interesting because I, we were told uh, as trainees that you shouldn't touch a person who's in hypnosis without letting them know because you can really startle someone who's in a trance. So you say, you know, I'm going to touch you. I'm going to count to three. On the number three, I'll touch your forehead or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was doing a session. I was a subject, and there was my, my, the person who was, the other, who was training and an experienced hypnotherapist were sitting to my left side. This was in Hawaii. We were out on, by the ocean. And all of a sudden, I felt her touch me on my heart. And I'm thinking, and this is something people don't realize, when you're in hypnosis... You have a conscious mind. It's there making comments. You're not like taking a drug or it's not Mm -hmm. like that. And I had this thought, she's not supposed to be touching me. (laughs) (laughs) Like (laughs) I was going to correct her afterward Uh and say, don't, you shouldn't do that. And I kind of moved my arm and realized there was no arm there. And that I and I looked to my left, and there was this incredible being, a golden angel of light. And she was touching me and just radiating uh, unconditional love. Now, some people see this being with me. She never speaks. She just communicates on an energy level. Or touches your nose. Yeah, or touches <laughs> my nose. Um, she's really the epitome of calm mm. and peace and just love. Mm. And I think up until that moment, I kind of wondered if the universe was really a safe place. Mm. I've always felt a little bit uneasy, like insecure and like ultimately this this whole business of being alive was like the idea maybe that's part of why I didn't really want to believe in an afterlife because I like the idea of just go out like a candle problems are over <laughs> <don't> <laughs> you know? yeah. but after that it, I mean it's something that's like I said I'm not going to even discuss it with skeptics because it's so in your cells mm-hmm. you feel it and it's it, it, it you, you nothing shakes that it's not even a matter of like faith is the word I use for mm-hmm. it but Faith is often defined as something that you believe in without any evidence. Mm-hmm. This is like, oh, you can't shake my belief in that because I have the evidence. Mm-hmm. I have it. I can't ever explain it to anyone else, but I know that. Mm-hmm. The other thing I've learned about the, the working with guides is, is when they do this communication energetically, uh, it isn't just the, the unconditional love, but there's also information that can be imparted to you. I call it an infusion. Uh, it, it, that uh, isn't coming in through your cognitive mind. It isn't coming in as a concept. 
it's just coming in. And after that, you have a wider consciousness. Mm -hmm. That happens, I think, in the near-death experiences, right. too. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That's so many questions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is so fascinating. Um, do you just so speaking of faith, and you know when we're looking at this, the questions of heaven and hell mm. kind of present themselves. Um, what do you, what do you what do you take about those concepts? I feel like hell is self created. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a movie called What Dreams May Come. Yes, yeah. And that's a pretty good description where it shows you um, that. The woman who plays the wife is Robin Williams' wife. Mm -hmm. She kind of is locked in her own negativity. And so even after death, she's in that downward mm -hmm. spiral. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I saw a woman talk when I was living in South Carolina. She hasn't written any books. She's just a near-death experiencer. And she gave a little talk about her near-death experience. And when she crossed over, one of the things she was shown... The, the message she had was you need to love yourself. And mm -hmm. she was shown the souls who hadn't learned how to love themselves. And she says, trust me, you don't want to go there. She says, so if there's one spiritual lesson I learned, it's you need to love yourself unconditionally. Mm -hmm. She says, I know that sounds selfish, but promise I promise you that that is what hell is. Self-judgment and self-loathing. It and, and there are beings that are trying to wake you up out of that, even on the other side. But mm -hmm. people can get stuck in a negative thought spiral. Mm -hmm. And that's what my version is. It isn't God or religion that's punishing people, but it is can be a, a, an illusion, getting stuck in an illusion mm -hmm. of negativity. Yes. Mm -hmm. So um, so this work will definitely can definitely help that process of self-love, like that's my intention when yeah. I do this work, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, I really, really work with people to, uh, for example, when they connect with their guide, to, I want you to just feel how this guide feels towards you. And they'll, they'll say sometimes, you know, if they, they'll say, well, I feel like he's impatient or she wishes I'd made more progress. And I say, okay, and what else do you notice? And I say, but you know, it isn't really like, they still love me. Mm -hmm. so, okay, so really let yourself feel that love, mm -hmm. really, uh, and they, they'll just start kind of, you know, floating in it, and I would say, okay, you know, and <laughs> it's really <laughs> great. Yeah. It's like the best therapy there is uh. to really experience what, it gives a point of reference yeah. for how, um, how uh, it's very tangible, Mm -hmm. Right? You mm -hmm. felt it. It's, oh, definitely. It's not a, a imagination. Mm -hmm. You feel it actually in your physical body. Mm -hmm. Your mm -hmm. physical body be gets, it's like um, like a hot tub of love, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 And typically, yeah. how long do these processes last as far as... I spend about four hours with people. Part of that is going over, you know, an interview about uh -huh. what's going on in their life and talking to them about hypnosis and what to expect. There are a lot of... Um, Myths about what how past life and life between life works, especially past life. People think it's going to be like a movie, and you actually have to work a little bit at it. Mm -hmm. And um, and then we spend usually about two hours. Uh, sometimes it goes longer. Mm -hmm. It goes fast. Mm -hmm. I have to say, uh, you know, people say I'm not sure if I was hypnotized. Maybe I was making that up. I said, well, would it surprise you to know that it's like five o'clock? And they go, what? <laughs> I that was like a half an hour. <laughs> I said, no, you were under for two hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. That, that's one thing that's so interesting is like the, the mm -hmm. time, the time and, and space differences in yeah in in that that mm -hmm. other realm. Mm -hmm. So, and if someone wants to make an appointment, they can go to your website. That's right, lindagabriel.com. Correct. Yeah. Great. Wonderful. And uh, and uh, you are you the author of two books as well. I did. I wrote a couple of books a little while ago. One is about abundance, and the other is about weight loss, which is Ooh. a holistic um, uh, approach to weight loss. Great. Yeah. Wonderful. And they can find your They're books on, on Amazon. Amazon? Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Wonderful. And so that's uh, abundance for life, love, and money, and weight loss forever are the names of yes. your books. And um, and it's been such a, a pleasure to have you on the show. I enjoyed myself, too. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah. So please go check it out, um, lindagabriel.com. And there you can book a session so that you can experience the transformation that comes from doing this in this incredible work as well and uh, and, and feeling that, that, that self-love, that sense of self-love. And could I say for people sure. who are not in, in Southern California that they can find a Life Between Lives therapist at the Michael Newton Institute. Just Google that, Michael Newton Institute. And Great. There's a, a directory there. 
Great. Yeah. And you, but you do Skype and phone sessions too, right? I don't do this kind of work. Oh, okay. I, 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 I do other kinds of work, but not past life or life between lives on. Uh, rarely. I have done it rarely. But I like to have the person there and be able to just really see and support them mm-hmm. during this kind of work. Yes. Great. Wonderful. And there might be a new book on the way? I'm working on a collection of case histories from Life Between Lies. And <laughs> oh, yeah. that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Yeah. John's got like the inside <laughs> scoop. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Uh, wow. That's exciting. So we'll yeah. have to keep it. We'll have to have you back on the show oh, that. That would be when great. your yes. book's out sure. and we can actually hear the stories okay. of the stories. Yeah. Okay. It would be fascinating. That would be wonderful. Thank you. Great. Well, thank you so much, Linda. Thank you, Rachel. All right. So that's our show for today. Next week. I am going to be doing a show on magic and voodoo. So Mm. that will be really exciting. We're going to be in New Orleans, actually. Um, The center, uh, I'll be broadcasting live from from New Orleans. And uh, and so we will have a a very exciting show that you won't want to miss to continue our Scorpio series. So um, thank you so much. And thank you to my creative team. Thank you, John. Always a pleasure. Val, Michelle, Allie. Thank you, Linda. And have a wonderful, wonderful week. Admiring your lover, I keep calm.